0: Marjana Trimananda Jana Jana Salakaya, Chakshun Shri Natasmai Namaha, Bunchkalpatu Vishcha, Kripasin Cha, Patita na Vaishnavija Namun Namaha. So, good evening. A little change in the weather. Okay. You need a And you like to be chilly. <laughs> Is that right? I, I do. <laughs> I'm always chilly. Well, let's try to warm your heart then with some good association. So we're discussing Upadesha Mrita according to the commentary of Bhakti Vinod Thakur is giving in essays we're, were published in Sasjana Toshini and later compiled into a book, Sri Bhakti Loka. His essays were twelve, consisting of the six items favorable and the six items which are not favorable, to culturing our devotional practice, this based on Rupa Goswami's Upadesha Amrita, and dealing with the second and third verses, six items unfavorable, six items favorable. However, we notice that he covered the first verse in in describing I forget which item but he covered Manasra krodha vegam which is the specific characteristics for control of the senses and that are uh, characteristic of a of a true sadhu he's not he's not carried away by by things of this world but rather he has uh, higher intent and higher emotion and material emotion is not affecting him and this, seeing this characteristic, we can make a, a pretty good determination as to who, who can impart to us valuable knowledge, knowledge of a, of a nature that of our true self, that of the spirit, our spiritual being, our spiritual well-being. Coming uh, on to the third verse of Upadeshamrita. Amrita, dealing with items which are favorable for devotional practice jahan daryat enthusiasm confidence patience uh, and we'll continue this evening with the discussion of uh, well then tat tat karma following specific uh, prescriptions Uh, Of devotional practice of course that's good for us and those prescriptions uh, can be taken on as we can try to do every one Rupa Goswami listed 64 or we can do one that's how powerful bhakti is that bhakti when applied uh, properly is so transcendentally potent that any one of these 64 items or 9 items as given in the Bhagavatam or 5 items as given in the chaitanya Charitamrita, or Bhakti Vinod basically says if you chant Hare Krishna and stay in the association of the sadhus that in and of itself is sufficient kind of a trick in that because when you're with the sadhus they are basically following <laughs> all these and in their association you will, this will rub off so uh, so it's not really a cheating and if it is it is a cheating then we'll take this cheating any way we can get it so karma pavartanat some activities which are good to Soften our heart and uh strengthen our resolve to uh, uh to move forward in developing love in a way that it's it's fulfilling to us uh, so now we come again to this interesting item of Giving up bad association, which already has been mentioned as one of the things we shouldn't do. And now we're talking about the things we should do, and we should give (laughs) up bad association. Okay, it's an important thing then, this is association. Sangha. Sangha. Good association or bad association, as we discussed in the last class this association in his commentary, Bhakti Vinod Thakur looks at four, in four elements. So two elements dealing with specifically uh, individuals we associate with and their mentalities and how those will negatively impact uh, devotional practice. And association of Propensities bore of uh, our involvement in the modes of material nature. So, and he, he refers to those propensities, those two propensities, as uh, primordial, uh, old, been around with us for a long time, and current, uh, contemporary. So we're practically to to the end of the items we're on the we've covered six and now we've covered another four, we're on the fifth and there's only one more which is following following the great Mahajans but Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Bhaktialoka or in these essays he in dealing with this item good association he brings up the next verse from Upadeshamrita that verse being how does one express loving affection and to whom does one share that affection And in that way, he highlights the fourth verse of Upadesha Amrita. So, our first, fourth verse is what? Dadati pratigrinati makyati pricite bhote bonjayate chayiva sadvidam lakshana." So, uh, dadati, giving away some charity... Uh, Pratigrinati, accepting some charity, giving and accepting of charity. Uh, guyam, Guyam, what's Guyam mean? Secret, confidential, something you hold close to your heart, something that's of real substance to you. So, and we notice that in the discourse of Bhagavad Gita, that uh, Krishna brings this Guyam up to Arjuna in a few places. Just at the beginning. You know, it's just Guyam. Let me tell you about this. If you can understand this devotional service, this is in the very heart of Bhagavad Gita. Raja Raj Guyam. Bhavitram, Itam, Uttamam. So, this knowledge is the it's the most secret of all secrets. It's the purest knowledge because it gives direct perception of what you really are. It's the perfection of religion. It's everlastingly and joyfully performed. And later in the Bhagavad Gita, in the in the eighteenth uh, chapter, he tells Arjuna, "You are so very dear to me. This this is this is this is so. This is really what." Our relationship is about. No one can know the depth of our loving relationship with one another except the bhakta. So this bhakti, this is the most secret loving uh, thing that, that one can have. So in this context, Guya Makyati prachiti. this 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 secret is expressing ourselves in confidence in confidence in matters that are of significance in confidence in matters that really mean something that that is lasting, everlasting uh, to a loving relationship so we express in confidence the secret knowledge to those that we truly have affection for and we we hear we accept this knowledge we hear it so giving knowledge and confidence and accepting that confidential knowledge what's accepting mean well accepting means we're taking the knowledge but we're also applying the knowledge because that's the really show of affection that's necessary so we're giving knowledge and we're expecting those that we're sharing this knowledge with to apply it and when we hear knowledge then it needs to be applied and then this is a perfect loving relationship this shows we show that we care by giving knowledge which is of true value that will truly benefit and when we accept knowledge from the sadhus, from the devotees, we apply that knowledge in our lives so that they can see the results of their love for us. My favorite, of course, is <laughs> this next two exchanges of love Bhokte Bojayate Chaiva. We give some prasadam and we take some prasadam. Mm-hmm so what what more of a way to express your love than cooking and and taking that cooking what to speak of the fact that the cooking is for krishna and for his representative and and then we take it and it's not only nourishing it not only quenches our hunger so that it subsides but it also purifies our existence. So these six exchanges of love, priti this is this is this this loving exchange needs to be done in the proper association. So in that context, Bhaktivinoda Thakur presents this verse of Upadeshamrita when speaking of Sangatwaga. So, four items. He's broken it down. And then he goes on to elaborate on association. So, the four items are what is bad association for us? Bad association is the materialist. They come in different flavors. Why is it bad? Because in their association, we develop material tendencies. Can we avoid materialists? No. We're here. We have to deal with people. Not everyone's a devotee. And not every devotee is of the same caliber. Not every devotee has the same qualification and not every devotee will have the same effect. But these loving exchanges, therefore, are conducted according to the devotees we associate with. But what's important is we love all devotees. So we discriminate up to the point that we need to in order to maintain our firm spiritual progress. i just say it crudely. Let's just take a crude example. There can be a young devotee, new Coming back, born in a Vaishnav family, but still, he's young, and he has some some bad habits. But when he comes into the temple, he respectful to the deities, respectful to the devotees, respectful for the to the to the sadhus. So he has that respect, and he's he's he loves kirtan. He's good at it. Uh, maybe a little prideful because all young men or women have a little of that in them. <laughs> it's part of our nature at that age. So we will accept his association and, and, and in a way that's appropriate. But when he goes out of the temple and takes on his bad habits, we will not associate with him during that time. But during the good time of kirtan and hearing from the sadhus, we'll sit, we'll be in association, we will take prasadam, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna associate when there's some still some anartha being displayed in his character. But we see, we should know, we need to have good discrimination, and we need to have good sambandha gyan. We need to understand how the process works so that such a devotee is respected. We respect him. We may not... We respect him within our mind fully, but there's social etiquette. And the social etiquette is, well, there's some bad habits, so we, we follow some etiquette there in such a way that we... we give good example so we're not going to yuck it up we're not going to engage in prajapa. we're probably not going to walk behind the temple and, and engage in some Anartha <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, that's not the kind of association that will be beneficial to him or to us but we respect in our mind any devotee especially one who has made the commitment to pursue his spiritual life, even though there is still some anartha, he has made a commitment. I am accepting my spiritual master. I'm accepting the sadhu. I'm going to make Krishna the center of my activities. Then Krishna has accepted him as good as himself. The anarthas, those things will fall away, as we discussed last time. It will go away in a puff of smoke so this is important uh, to understand this the unripe mango is still a mango and in due course of time it will become ripe and if we look at all devotees and we respect all devotees in that consciousness then there will be no Vaishnava Aparada then we will not bring in the material consciousness that Bhaktivedenod says this is definitely bad association those people that that have no respect for Krishna they have no respect for devotional service they have no respect for the devotees their intent their (laughs) prayogin what what their ultimate objective is for the jnani their ultimate objective is what? Is they want to, they want to merge. They want to be the supreme. If they take up some devotional practice, once they have attained their goal, it's immediately discarded. The karmi, the karmi, he may follow the laws of, of karma, karma kanda of even in the even the Vedas, but as objective is material enjoyment. So he's going to get material enjoyment, and he may use bhakti. Uh, bhakti Mishra karma, mixing a little bhakti to make his make sure he gets his karma. And the yogi, well, the yogi, the yogi kind of goes both ways. Some yogis want what the gyanis want; they want liberation. And then there's other yogis that want what the karmis want, but in spades. So they go for the for the for the siddhas. So they want they don't even they want the heavenly planets and they want full control of the heavenly planets. So they want all these mystical powers so that they can make, they can control other people's minds, they can go wherever they want, they can have whatever they want. So they're like supercharged karmis. <laughs> and they and there's other yogis, they want the liberation. But all of these paths whether they be the jnani, or the karmi, or the yogi, uh, if, there is some, if there is some sadhu association, it can all change in a heartbeat. So, this is the position of the majjum. The majjum adhikari comes and he gives his association for the benefit of suffering humanity. This is the rare opportunity provided to the Jiva who's come to the human form of life to take to bhakti. So Bhaktivinoda, in one sense, he talks about these materialists with these objectives which have no interest in bhakti. These are not going to be good for us, this association. And then he goes on to explain also the association of. Of those who will further our taste for sense gratification, be it a man or a woman. Of course, the sadhus always—they say, woman. So, strisanga. We don't associate with women. Well, when they're saying there, they mean we don't associate with our senses in an exploitive way, whether we're in a man's or a woman's body. Sense gratification is there in both those bodies. So, who is the non devotee? I'm sure we can figure that out. Machi says in one point, if one associates with these non-devotees, then in the very short times one intelligence is polluted and one's heart is overcome by their propensities. Their propensities become our propensities. Then he talks about specifically the fact that the devotee in life can't give up all mundane association. Both the renunciates or the householders. In both instances there's regular worldly affairs. So in those worldly affairs how do we deal with those people and for the renunciate the renunciate he must basically he's free of most of the difficulties but he still has to go out and associate he still has to beg without begging he won't won't be able to eat that's the nature of a renunciate so he has to he has to discriminate where, where foodstuffs are taken uh, and for the householder where well, the householder has to engage in such a way that uh, his worldly association is kept to a minimum. Um, Bocchiavino uses an interesting approach here. He does say something to the effect that in in the householder's worldly association, it should be done just as you would do commerce commerce in the marketplace. Their basic the basic point he's trying to get across when discussing giving up bad association accepting good association is the concept and he introduces this and in bringing forth and pulling in the fourth verse okay of loving exchanges of you associate with people either with love or just in a normal exchange so those that are devotees there has to be love love means what deep appreciation love means something that's that's meaningful love means exchanging with the devotees in the ways prescribed by Rupa Goswami's first, fourth verse of Upadesha Amrita then he goes on and he discusses what he calls prejudice prejudice being we have a certain propensity we have a certain uh, a certain way that we are conditioned Uh, another word that could be used that we're familiar with is samskara samskara so we come into life and we have some scars coming from prior life and we have some scars that we develop in the current environment towards material affairs towards material enjoyment so four four distinct areas two us two related to association and two related to propensities, prejudice uh, Preoccup we're pre pre pre, uh, disposed would be another way to put it. He uses the word prejudice. We could say we're we're predisposed to to have certain a certain way that we want to enjoy the material nature, coming from past life and then also in our current environment what it's affecting us to enjoy in a certain way and that's determined by who we associate what we associate with now we know from Madhurya Kadambani and Vishwanath's presentation there that if you look at the beginning of devotional practice these associations relative to material propensities are naturally diminished in the stage of Anartha Nivritti the stage of the cleansing of the heart these things naturally fall away but here we're talking about a different context this book Upadeshamrita is a very is something that's and he, he brings up a point, and it's very nice the way he presents it. Upadesha Amrita is a very small book, 11 verses, very condensed. Uh, I think it's 11, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 11 verses, so very... Now, and, and he says something very interesting in, in his discussion here in the essay. He says, when there is something that's... when you When you are... in light consciousness when you're speaking in confidences when you're quote on the same page then there's no need for voluminous literature you can convey your points very simply the other party will immediately understand what you're talking about because of your intimacy because of the of the the way you're expressing it and because they they know you as you know them. So therefore, when he looks at Yuppidesha Amriti, he says, now this is a real offering of love that in such a, such, such small, condensed language, because it's directed towards the devotees, they can immediately take the essence. They are so, so inclined to immediately be able to pull the essence from this simple presentation, and Upadesha Amrita covers the whole gamut, from beginning to to the most high topics of living on the Kund, to simply living there your whole life, engaging in bhajan and meditating on the on the daily pastimes of Radha Krishna. So, how intimate is that? How secret is that? How significant is that? That in such a small presentation we have so much knowledge? He talks a little bit about the the fact that until one is fully saturated in devotional practice we have to follow the re- regulations of Vardashram uh, we have to uh, we have to follow those practices according to our nature. We have a nature within the material realm. Some are inclined to work in one way, others are inclined in another way. And according to our inclination we have to follow that. Um, We need to be sincere in our spiritual pursuit and then sincerity needs to be directed towards a pure lifestyle that's that's favorable to our spiritual culture. And he, he, he he puts it in an interesting way. He says, "Well, if you look at Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and we're kind of going forward a little bit into the next the next part uh, of the discourse, where he's talking about." Following in the footsteps of the great devotees. So he speaks about the fact that even though in Sri Chaitanya's discourse with Ramananda Roy, we can see that when he's talking about pure unloyed devotional service, Ramananda Roy is saying, Well, okay, tell me how do how do we attain this? Ramananda starts giving the prescriptions, and he gives the prescription, well, you have to follow the Varnashram Dharma to, 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 to progress, and Lord Shaitanya rejects that. Bhaktivedanta says, well, yeah, he rejects it, but how did he act in his life? We see that he was a householder, and he followed the regulation of household life, and when he took sannyas he followed strictly, so strictly that the people that were sannyas of the highest order were a little bit set back it, it's horrible how, how seriously he took this sannyas uh, so difficult uh, that Lord Chaitanya's austere level of sannyas and austerity could 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 make those that were were considered the, the most strict sannyasis themselves uh, take pause. So he mentions here only sadhu sangha can reform the attachment to prejudices we talked about the two prejudices uh, unless you can reform and here we're talking about reforming ourselves in such a way that the prejudices are dealt with uh we can't take to full. It's the only. Unless you reform your attachments to these various inclinations, material tendencies, uh, one cannot attain perfection in devotional service by any means. Quotes from Srimad Bhagavatam Sangoya Samashristehatir. A tour. association for sense gratification is certainly the path of bondage but the same type of association performed with a saintly person leads to the path of liberation even if performed without knowledge I quotes from Uddhava Gita again he quotes through Bhakti Yoga many times from Uddhava Gita Krishna is instructing Uddhava by association associating with my pure devotee one can destroy one's attachment for all objects of material sense gratification such purifying association brings me under the control of my devotee and then Krishna goes on to tell Uddhava and he in detail all the things all the practices within this world all the practices which we would think would be beneficial to us. He lists them all. Charity, carrying out severe, public welfare, chanting the Vedas, performing penances, taking to the renounced order, so many things. But even by performing such activities, one does not bring me under his control but the bhakti simply by associating with the sadhu Krishna is purchased that's the power of bhakti so this is in Krishna's instructions to Uddhava in the 11th canto then there's a very in- interesting quote here that he mentions from Ramanujacharya and it's, it's, it's very sweet if you cannot purify yourself by any endeavor whatsoever just can't do any of them they're not working if you cannot purify yourself by any endeavor whatsoever Then just go sit with the Vaishnavas and you will achieve all auspiciousness. (laughs) kind of jumped into the didhati pratigrinati loving exchange uh, has to be conducted with the devotees that love makes it work Uh, I mean there's no if you just look at Ramanuja's statement you put it in perspective how significant is that if nothing else can be done just being with the devotees just being with the sadhus just sit just sit there refuse to leave I will not give up, whatever I have to do and we've talked about this before whatever I have to do just, just, to, just to allow them to, to allow me to stay in their association at least let me be able to do that much At least let me perform that much that they will not kick me away. That they will not force me out of their association. That I may not be so offensive that they cannot tolerate my presence anymore. If we can think like that, if we can take that kind of mentality into that association of the devotees, if we can take the association of the sadhus with that mentality, we are assured of success in devotional practice. That alone will be our success in life. This material life, this human form of life will be perfect just by that association. If you can do it without giving it up. Because in that association everything will come in to your practice. Throughout the Bhagavatam, we see it time and again. Even the most lowly of people in good association become saintly. Even the, even the hunter that half killed the animals along comes a saint and all of a sudden he's transformed so much so that what he won't even, won't even take the chance of harming a, a small insect Now, how much, how much valuable is that association that maybe our intelligence is not so great maybe our austerities are not so great Maybe our giving and charity is not so great. Maybe there's no quality that I have whatsoever. There's nothing great here. But simply I can stay in the association of the devotees. That, That association in and of itself will be sufficient for my spiritual progress. That mentality we need to adopt. That mentality, that sincerity of purpose that no matter what, I will not give up this association. And wherever that association that nourishes my spiritual growth is, I will go there at all costs. I will give up all other association. I will give up all social pressures, whatever they may be. Nothing will stand between me and that association which I know will take me to the right place spiritually. So, vritti, sadhu vritti following in the footsteps of the previous Acharyas is the last item Um, and in this his discourse his his essay on this is very extensive Uh, it very much deals with uh, the time of his preaching it's very centered around the implementation of Varnashram in your life until the point that it is no longer needed uh, it very much draws from the Chaitanya Char Tamrita and the way that community of Vaishnavas who were the personal associates of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Nityananda conducted their Sangha, how they conducted their lives, how they utilized the directives of Varnashram and made it Daivi Varnashram, made it completely purified in such a way that it nurtured their spiritual growth in that association. So they followed what? They, They followed Varnashram as much as it was necessary to conduct their affairs, but it was transcendent Varnashram. he says something in there which gives us an indication he says we see in certain societies we see what would not be recognized as Krishna's natural Varnashram system he says but if you look deeply you will see in those societies where those nomenclatures are not used there is still the seeds of what we would call Varnashram. What he's referring to there is if you look at human society, people have natural propensities. These are natural things. Uh, And it's stressed in the Vedas that Krishna himself says that the brahmins are coming from my head, the kshatriyas is from my arms, the vaishyas from my waist, sudras from my leg. These are natural propensities of the humans to act in a particular way. We're not interested in Varnashram. We're interested in, in developing love for the Supreme Lord. But we must purify our activities and we must conduct ourselves in human society in such a way that what we there there is a good example there and we also in understanding the time of Bakhti preaching his preaching effort at that time he saw this what was the period the period was the time of the British are coming in with their flag this is now my country and you have all the culture the culture of India is being threatened by this imposition, this foreign invader is coming in with his flag saying no, we're going to follow the queen you can imagine someone of the character of Bhakti Vinod preaching in that time, having to stress to, to his audience the fact that we have a culture based on a gradual purification in all the classes of man up to the state of, pure, of spirituality that will lead to an ending of all material suffering. We cannot abandon this. So it needs to be utilized. So there's some emphasis by him on this point. Today we look at Varnashram and we look at human society and we look at the society, especially Western society that we live in and we say of how much use is is, is this Varnashram it's, it's gone to such a state that let us simply introduce spirituality in a way that people can take to the practice of devotional service in some way or another very, very difficult although my spiritual master uh, Srila Prabhupada coming to the western world he said "Half half my job is done but we can see even 40 years, 50 years later after he departed although he had this desire to institute Varnashram how, how, how is it even feasible with the, with the, with the advancement of uh, of the decline of human civilization um, this I don't know this was of some importance to him very significant we cannot just simply dismiss it but we've yet to see see how the Gaudiya Vaishnavas have been very successful with this Uh, so our stress is, is on presenting pure Krishna consciousness presenting this philosophy in a way that it can attract people who are so inclined to it take to spiritual life and, uh, and to at least give an example no matter what our propensities are to recognize our propensities to see where they fit into Krishna's Varnashram system to live accordingly in a way that's an exemplar to society of both our actions in work and our devotion in love to the Supreme in that way we can give at least some example that if we have this propensity to be a, a learned teacher or a propensity to be uh, a protector, a propensity to be an administrator, a propensity to, to, uh, to serve the other classes, if we use our propensity and act within that properly then we can be an exemplar and hopefully in seeing that then then there can be some some upliftment so it's a very very deep subject a very broad broad thing to try to understand uh, how this could be implemented uh, but we understand the significance of Bhakti Vinod's, uh writings, and we certainly vow uh, to bow down and, and, and worship uh, the desire of the Acharyas to uh, to uplift all of humanity uh, to the highest standard of uh, devotional practice. although we ourselves are kind of at a loss as to how it can be accomplished uh, at this point in time we do know that this Krishna consciousness can be accomplished we do know that we in good association we could give the best example uh, of what is an exemplar of life uh, free from uh, propensities that that are that are Contrary to our best interest, and contrary to the best interest of uh, humanity, that in itself is, is daivivar-nashram. That is the highest standard. Uh, so uh, much was there at the time of Vakti and much was there as as far as uh, caste brahmanas, which Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu specifically... Uh, Was very much uh, not about. Didn't want to have that kind of a propensity. A man should be judged about, about according to his true qualities, and no matter where he's, whatever birth is there, his true qualities are what is of significance. So I'll be giving one more class. We'll close out on this, uh, Bhakti Aloka, on Thursday we'll talk about following in the footsteps of the sadhus uh, according to our capacity uh, uh, we're going to talk about at that, in that class uh, understanding the sadhu in the context of the sampradaya the sadhu does not live independent of the soul that nurtured his spiritual growth so we'll we'll touch upon that because there's always this tendency that when the great acharyas come and they they lead their students and then they depart there's this tendency by their students to to try to segregate them from the sampradaya and uh that can sometimes not be in the best interest going forward. So we need to see it in perspective. The the acharyas, as significant as they are in the lives of their disciples, the significance of their disciples' lives takes precedent when they're no longer physically manifest the significant falls to the next acharyas this is so important to carrying on the Guru Parampara so we're going to talk about that in the context of this last item of following in the footsteps of the so- that's what's required that is one of the items that are favorable for devotional practice. It's a duty where one is duty bound who has received a merciful dispensation of bhakti to pass that bhakti on and to not do so in the proper context of Guru parampara has to be avoided at all costs. Uh, we're going to uh, make one little change. I'm going to give classes on Tuesday and Thursday on philosophy, specifically uh, Sambandha Gyan relative to our practice, these foundational books, Madhurya Kadambani, Bhaktiya Loka, Bhadesha you know, the stuff that helps build our spiritual character so that we can practice in a way that the sadhus will be will will be very much inclined to to give more and more. And Saturday we'll be discussing Leelas. Mm-hmm. So Saturday we'll give a class on some some aspect of Krishna's uh, Raj. Leela, so that we can just branch out a little bit. So I'll stop for this evening. Any questions on what we discussed? I have one. Yes. Um, just kind of clarifying. It was, it was kind of like what my question was. In, um, online. Uh, so when we were talking about Dealing with non-devotees. hmm And so the householder keeps following the association to a minimum. And then you're talking about how we either associate with love, which would be with the devotees, or, and I kind of like kept wanting to write something like um, I like guess, being polite, but that wasn't the word that you used. So we either associate with love or... I think the other way to associate is Bhakti out, of course, in day-to-day affairs with those that have truly no interest, then it's with we, as much as we have to, just uh, to be cordial in our dealings. Uh, with those people that we see are innocent, again we come to, there's also the application of the fact that we want... The, de- the nature of the devotee is one of compassion. He's always going to... We're always going to try to put out a helping hand and introduce someone to uh, spiritual life. So that's the position of the Madhyam Knowing our Atikari is one thing, knowing where we stand and knowing uh, uh, what we can do. But the Madhyam he has he has developed enough discrimination that he's able to know who the devotee is and take shelter of the devotees that they're sung uh, He's able to see who are the innocent and be able to try to help them in some way, having a compassionate nature towards them. Uh, he's uh, able to see who the inimical... who who is inimical and... Uh, in that association, we keep things to a minimum. I don't know. Does that kind of address what your question is? Yeah, you had mentioned like commerce. You know, Mark yeah, said yeah. like commerce. He kind of used the word like. Well, how Business. would you how would you deal with somebody in the marketplace? Okay. I'll take one of those, or you know, it's 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 a casual thing, you know. Uh, Friendly, but, but. Yes, yeah, of course it's, okay. it's friendly. Devotees are friendly to everybody. Devotees are sweet to everyone. Yeah. They're the sweetest. But we don't want we want to make sure it's some, if there's any if there's anything rubbing off, if we have a little bhakti and they have no bhakti, we want to make sure the bhakti's going that way. And the other stuff is staying away. Will you describe a little bit about um, you talked about ancient samskaras and current samskaras can you describe a little bit more in detail about what those are and what the differences between the two are those influences that affect us in this life the family we're born into now of course we're born into a particular family based on our prior lives but the society we're born into uh, the the nature of society at at this time those are current the other are those sub that resulted in I'm born in this country. I'm you know so those influences and he specifically talks about Gyan there and and yoga and, and karma those influences that but we can see what he's referring to. He's referring to ancient being they're coming they're bringing us to a situation where we're born in a particular environment, mm-hmm. but then within the environment itself there are influences that are there once you arrive. So he he's, he looks at those things. Though that material association, there's he, he looks and he says there's two aspects of it. I think if we were to take it to more of uh the uh the seeds of karma, the seeds of sinful activity, then we have parabdha We 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 have we have influences coming to us, bijas So seed influences, and then uh, those will manifest more later. So uh, I think you can also kind of see a little bit of that philosophy underneath what he's referring to as uh, prejudices coming from prior lives and prejudices developed in the current environment, in your current situation. Does that answer? Mm Mm-hmm. I heard Guru Maharaj, it sounds like what he said about sometimes you see people that have like a gyan approach to bhakti or a karma approach to bhakti that sounds kind of like like a, a samskar that's coming with yeah, a jnan approach way. to life yeah, yeah huh. or, or karma, yes hmm. we have these propensities coming from our material association our material association is both whats what we've experienced up to now and what we're experiencing now Mm-hmm. can you like give examples of like those like someone like the jnana which to bhakti and then kind of like the karmic bhakti the one devotee is like uh, he's, he may be more inclined, inclined to the intellectual end of things he wanna, you know he's a bookworm he, wants, he thinks he can understand bhakti by just reading if I just read all these books every, all, if I just take in all this knowledge then I'll know bhakti Okay, and the other is like, if I just do all the service, then I'll be a bhakta. Whereas the bhakti, the the bhakti that's that's developed a little adhikari, <laughs> he's developed a little qualifications. Just if I could just associate with the devotees and please them in any way, yeah, that's it. That's that's my success. I don't need to read anything. I don't need to understand anything. I just understand that if I love these people. And and they will let me, they will teach me how to love God because I can see they love God, so I want bhakti. That's what that's my objective. So there's an approach. A jnana approach is a little immature. I can read my way into into spiritual realization. The karma approach, I can work my way into spiritual realization, and the bhakti approach is once we become a little bit more qualified, then it's like. There's nothing I can do for bhakti, but somehow, maybe if I stick around, maybe somebody will look favorably upon me and I'll get some mercy. So the bhakti approach is, let me stand in line for mercy. And be humble enough to stay you know, in that consciousness. The other is a little bit of material coming with us, thinking I can... I can knowledge my way into it or I can work my way into it. But as we mature, we realize there's nothing you can do for it except just just pray for it. Chant sincerely for it. Open our hearts up to it. Then it can come. Explain it. Anything else? A little... Long tonight. Sorry. Thank you for your association.